everyone. Welcome back to an all new Soul Sugar podcast episode. It is your hosts, Carrie and Alexander. And today we are doing an advice episode, which I am so excited about. We have some questions that we are going to read off to you guys, and we're going to do our best to give the best answers we possibly can in our own individual abilities. These are some juicy questions. Yeah, we got some good ones. So I'm excited to dive into them. First off, let's just do a little life update. What's going on in the world? Are you good? Uh, Feeling yeah. good? Yes. Big projects happening around the homestead. Um, and we You have... just finished the sleep out roof, which is... Almost finished, but we have made huge progress, yeah. which makes me feel a lot better because that whole situation was weighing on me. Yeah. So it's a going to be a beautiful space that we are going to just fix up and create so that people can come and stay with us. It is, it needs a lot of love, but it's very exciting to think about the potential of what it could be in the future. Oh my gosh. We also have huge news. Oh yeah. We got chickens. Yes. Uh, very excited. We had the first eggs from them today and absolutely delicious. So tasty. Yeah. We ate the first we ate them for the first time today but we've been getting eggs for the last couple of days yeah and they pretty much laid right when we when we got them. when we got them mm-hmm. so we took that as a sign that they felt comfy and cozy we've wanted chickens for so long when we lived in california we kept almost getting them mm-hmm. we were like oh like we i remember us calling a couple places yeah, i remember we one day you were laying in the hammock calling different places that potentially might have chickens and no one at the time remember there was some sort of like outbreak a, like a bird flu yeah so we oh, were gosh. so close to getting these chickens but there was like this spread of disease amongst chickens and it was around the time covid was yeah. happening it's like oh great so there's covid and then there's that and what yeah. else do we have so we just decided you know we knew we were going to be moving to new zealand so we just kept waiting it was that delayed gratification gratification mm-hmm. of getting mm-hmm. chickens and so they're here now my neighbor called me the other morning and was like hey i found a place that probably has them and i was and so i was like i'll call and uh, i did and they had them so, so we've got two little ladies what did you call them? Carrie came up with some nice, like, grandma chicken names. Clementine like, and Goldie. But you have to say it like, Clementine mm-hmm. and Goldie. It, two, it, two little old ladies. Little nanas knitting over there, you know, mm-hmm. talking together, knitting, and um, laying an egg. So It's a beautiful thing. They make the coolest sounds. They're not a rooster. Yeah, that's exactly it. Good job, Alex. <laughs> so we're looking forward to a beautiful, long time of just beautiful farm fresh eggs. Eggs. So we are going to get into question numero uno. Let me pull it up and here we go. I got a doozy. I have a male best friend who has been a best friend for about seven years. Over the years, whenever we've both been single, we have also hooked up. Wanted to be honest with my boyfriend about this. And unsurprisingly, I guess, my boyfriend now wants me to cut him completely out of my life. However, he isn't a friend with benefits. He legitimately is a bestie. And despite everything, it's also been platonic. I have no idea how to handle this. I understand where my boyfriend is coming from and I don't want him to be uncomfortable, but I don't love the idea of cutting my friend out, SOS. 
Love y'all. Anon, please. Tricky. I, my gut immediately tells me that you don't have to cut him out completely. Another side of me also understands why your boyfriend's uncomfortable. Definitely. And I think that it is a matter of communication. First and foremost, and most importantly, talk about it. And it sounds like you did talk about it and you were honest with him, which is great. You gave him the the full details, Mm -hmm. which you are dealing with the after effects of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's tricky. That's tricky. I feel for, feel for your boyfriend, uh, to be honest. Um, I think it's complicated because, you know, you said it's not platonic. Well, it's, it's, it's not friend with benefit, but in your boyfriend's defense, it has, there have been benefits and it's been more than platonic. And so just because you have a good relationship with this person as a friend and you get along doesn't negate the perspective from your boyfriend that you two have been intimate. And so it does put him in a kind of a strange position in that, like, let's say you guys meet at a party or whatever, and you're just chatting and you start laughing and he's gone to get a drink and he turns around, he sees you talking to him and you're giggling and smiling and he's thinking, oh, no. (laughs) True. You know? And it could be that you're just talking about stuff that's totally normal, platonic, no, you know, flirtation happening per se. But from your boyfriend's perspective, your male friend has been more than a male friend. And he's now sort of a threat. Definitely a threat. And... I think that in situations like this, it's so important to put yourself in the other person's shoes and to see the situation from their perspective. And this is where empathy is crucial, Mm -hmm. right? Just understanding, okay, if the tables were turned, how would this situation make me feel? And so I'm kind of doing that right now for your boyfriend. I'm thinking, oh. What would I feel like? And honestly, I would feel, I would feel it. I would be like, oh, that's information that I didn't know about. So now my perspective of this friendship is one tainted and two, not what I always thought it was, you know? And so it just adds a new layer to this friendship that you have. And as much as I believe that it is wholeheartedly just a friendship now for you, I think that you are in serious need of a deep conversation with your boyfriend. And I think that you should be really open to his perspective. So you're essentially saying that he wants you to cut him out completely. I wonder if there is more to that conversation that could be had. I think that maybe you could express to him this is somebody who's been in my life for a while now who I care about and I want you, I wonder if there's kind of a, a, a middle ground you guys can come to and sort of a position where you both feel comfortable. 
it's really, I think it's a, a very challenging situation because, um, as like putting myself in your boyfriend's shoes, I would be sitting there thinking, well, the fact that she doesn't want to not have this guy in her life who she's been into intimate with and has a close relationship with makes me feel like our relationship is almost secondary to that. And sure, like we're dating and, um, you know, you're with me now, but this other person who's in the wings and has been intimate with you and I know about it is, is still there and you still want that person around. I think it just gives mixed messages to your boyfriend about what his position is in your life. And I would think it would be worthwhile having a real deep think about, you know, do you love your boyfriend? And if so, do you love your boyfriend enough to not have this other person in your life while you're dating this, while you're dating your boyfriend? Because if you're not able to not have that person in your life, maybe it's saying something about that person and their position in your life. And I think another question is how easy would it be to separate yourself from your friend? Because let's say he hangs around your friend group all of the time and he's, you know, maybe he's good friends with your brother or I don't know the inner working personal relationships there and if it's easy to separate yourself from him. I think first and foremost, a separation of some sort is important. Like even if you have to tell your friend, you know, I was honest with my boyfriend about our past intimate relationships and I really love my boyfriend and he feels uncomfortable and I understand why he feels uncomfortable. I want my boyfriend to feel comfortable in our relationship. And I think your boyfriend will appreciate yeah. that those moves that you're making. For sure. Like there needs to, there needs to be since you have be since you've been honest with your boyfriend about your past relationship with this person, there needs to be a follow up to that. And I don't think that your boyfriend is being uh, irrational in feeling uncomfortable about it and asking you to remove that person from your day to day life or even your week to week life. I just don't think that they're being weird. I think it's yeah. normal. And I think I, the overall consensus with him is like we get why he feels the way that he feels. And so it's not a red flag or anything. No. It's, it's not like protective, jealous boyfriend. But, I mean, if he's getting like kind of crazy about it, then okay, maybe that's something. But it sounds like he hasn't been that you, that he's just sort of saying like, I think you need to cut him out of your life. Because if it's like you're choosing to see this person and bringing them into your life versus yeah. you have to see this person. I think that those are also two separate situations yeah, which would dictate how you respond to it and, and kind of guide you in that sense. So, yeah. So I guess tread forward accordingly. So the next question we have, hi, Carrie and Alex, I'm a longtime listener and subscriber, and I am so happy to be listening to you both again. Thank you. I have missed the podcast and absolutely love that you are giving your listeners a chance to ask for advice. The advice I'm looking for is a bit long, so I'll try to make a long story short. I am recently engaged to my high school sweetheart who I've been dating for over 13 years. We are getting married next September and having a pretty non-traditional wedding in our family's eyes. I am Punjabi and raised in the Sikh faith, and he is American and raised in the Catholic faith. 
Both of our families have been supportive of our love and relationship through the years and could not be more happy for us. We decided that because we are both not religious, we are not having a religious ceremony for our wedding, but instead a vow exchange. Our families support our decision, but because I am Punjabi, I still want to do the pre-wedding traditions that my fiance is 100% on board with. But my future mother-in-law is having a hard time adjusting to embracing the culture and traditions as she has never been around anything like this. She can't stand Indian food or any foods with spice. I'm trying to not take it personal, but in a way I am bothered by her feelings. Her being not so willing to try is something that brings up childhood trauma when I was frequently made fun of of my culture. How should I go about this situation and moving past it? I know I probably should have a conversation with her, but she is so guarded about all the traditions. I'm not sure how that would go. I also don't want to start any unnecessary drama. My saving grace is my fiance who is so proud to be with me and wants to embrace every part of my culture, which makes me love him even more. We love fiance. Yeah. And, you know, more power to you for having uh, inter, um, you know, a more culturally diverse wedding. I think that there's a lot to dive in, into here. So Carrie, I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. My immediate thoughts are one, I'm sorry, because that's never fun. I think it can be really interesting when you're becoming, you know, when you're getting married because you you want to have a great relationship with your in-laws and you want your future mother-in-law and your future father-in-law to value you and to be really excited about this joint relationship and, and bringing both families together. And it's really cool that you guys are from different backgrounds and that you guys have just totally different life paths and you can come together and learn from each other. And I think that your mother-in-law, my hope is that she can begin to accept and to open up her heart and to, you know, over time, sometimes people just take a little bit longer. And I think the truth of the matter is that you and your fiance are really the two most important people in this marriage. 100%. And he is who you are marrying and you are creating a new family with him. And although your families are all becoming one in a sense, you two are creating a foundation for your future together. And I think it's beautiful that your foundation is going to be a mix of cultures. And I think with time, my hope is that your mother-in-law will come to value that and will come to appreciate it. And I know that it's something that you feel like you want to be okay right now. And you want to have sort of just this balance in all of it right now you want to feel that she accepts it and she values it right away but I think like many things in life sometimes it just takes time and a lot of the time it takes time for people who don't fully understand something to come around to accepting it I think that there's a lot of great advice in that Carrie totally agree there 
I also would say that additionally, sometimes you have to accept that we cannot change who people are or how they react. The only thing that we can do is control our own reactions, our own emotions, and the way that we carry ourselves. So at the end of the day, remember that the wedding is for you and your fiance. It's not to make your mother-in-law happy. And that is something that can be kind of challenging, especially like you said, if you know, you're trying to keep everyone happy, um, that that's a fine tightrope to kind of balance on. I will be completely honest with you in the wedding planning process. It will be absolutely impossible to keep everybody happy. Yeah, totally. It's impossible. So if, you know, like tread through that with the mindset of this is about us Mm -hmm. and you sound like somebody who cares about so much about what, how other people are feeling, which is great. But to an extent, and I know from experience, caring about how others feel can sometimes bring you to a position where you're thinking too much about other people's thoughts and opinions and how they feel about a certain scenario that really in this situation, it's about you guys and how you guys are going to feel on the day and how, and what, what is the most authentic to you two for your, your well-being, your, it's your wedding and your relationship. Like what, what makes the most sense? And it sounds like you guys are keeping it really like non-traditional anyways. So I think it would be so beautiful to add in your culture, your, your flair in that, in that, um, in that way. And, um, I really think that, In situations like this, I always think about, I don't know if there's a better way to put this, but I think about the phrase of like lead by example and sort of just move through this with grace, move through it with love and do what you want to do and what you and your husband feel, you and your fiance feel comfortable with so that, and, but, but do it with love, do it in a way where if somebody says something and like you said you specifically said you don't want drama so if that's the case then lead with love say you know this is really important to me and this is what we're going to do on the day I hope that you love it too and just just share the love with everybody and and keep it light and just go for it and people will sense your energy of just like doing it with love, doing it with intention. And with that, it's harder for people to be upset when you are just like leading through all of the decisions with love. And perhaps it's something that you can have a conversation with your fiance about and say, like maybe come up with maybe some bullet points for him to have a conversation with his mother and say like, look, this is going to be fun. It's going to be different and it's going to be different in a good way and it's going to be something that will be memorable for the people who are going and it's something that's going to make my uh, my fiance happy that that is such a great point if throughout this decision process a little bit of drama does start to come up from mother-in-law your fiance is the one that needs to step up and have a conversation he's the first person that i think of to stand up to what's going on like he needs to say hey mom you know this is important to me Mm -hmm. and this is the way that we're going to do it because it's also important to my fiance and I 
want her to be happy on the day and I want part of her culture in our celebration. I want that, you know? And I think that sometimes the in-laws need to hear information from their their own, right? Mm-hmm. To to be able to understand, okay, like that is so important in a relationship. If your partner is on your side in scenarios that they fully believe in, you know, you, this is a partnership. When when you get married, it's like, okay, like we're on each other's side. Like we're here for one another. And if there's something going on where I need to talk to my parents about like that is that's something that I think is really important. Yeah. It's part of the job description. So wishing you the best of luck in navigating that. It sounds like your wedding is going to be beautiful and sounds amazing. Super fun. And yeah. if if it has anything uh to do with any of the Indian weddings that I have seen in Bollywood films um, or on the internet, it's going to be a blast. So yeah. have fun and um, all the best in your future marriage. Hi, Carrie and Alex. So I have a somewhat delicate situation and I'm not sure if you'll be able to get to it before it's too late, but I'm going for it anyway. My fiance and I have been together for almost eight years, basically. We had a brief time apart, but that's not important. Our wedding is fast approaching, October 7th. And Our parents, both mine and his, have suddenly decided to share their doubts in our relationship. My mom asked me a week ago if there was anything I wanted to change about the wedding, saying it's never too late. And when I asked her what specifically she thought I would want to change, she replied, well, the marriage. My lovely husband-to-be saw his parents a few days ago, and his father expressed thoughts that we would be divorced in five years. Both of our parents are in long, happy marriages and have never expressed any negative thoughts on our relationship, so all of this doubt and divorce talk is completely out of the blue. I am a very non-confrontational cancer and very much a people pleaser, so that does not help either. Thank you so much, even if you only read this and didn't get to answer. And I'm not going to say the name, even though she didn't ask for anonymous, just in case she forgot. Yeah. I feel like maybe I want to know more. I want to know the why. Yeah, this one. Did we talk to, did the parents, Mm. each side give a why? Or was it just like, hi, let me just give you a doubt bomb. Yeah, this one makes me want to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we can't do that. We can't. So. So we're going to try to give the best advice with the information at hand. And with the information that I have you guys have a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. Supportive. Eight years is a pretty long time. Eight years is a long time to know. And I personally think that this is the type of scenario where, I mean, you got you need to ask more questions too to your to your parents potentially yeah. to say what is the, the deal. Why are you at, why do you feel this way now? Yeah, because I think a conversation is important here because one might want to ignore it to not like bring anything else up, which I totally get. But also I feel like do you really want to also have a wedding where like there's this underlining like Yeah, both sides sitting there like awkwardly. Your mom sounds like she brought it up in a 
sort of roundabout, even like slightly condescending way. Like it's never too late. And it's like, well, what, what, what do you mean? Well, the marriage, like, what would you want to change? And it, it doesn't sound like a nice way to bring it up. And I'm not trying to like, you know, make it feel uncomfortable for you and your mom. But I do think that the way she brought that up to you was not the nicest because I feel like if she wanted to talk to you about her concerns in the marriage, she would do it in a way that was, I don't know, just a little bit less, yeah, condescending in my opinion. Maybe and I'm like just reading it that left way. field too. Yeah. Like, like, oh, what would you want to change? Uh, the wedding or the marriage or actually your husband. And it's, just, it's never too late to just swap him out. Yeah. So I would, if it were me, I would go to my mom and I would say, hey, I really didn't feel comfortable with the energy and the way that you brought that up to me. And I'd like to talk to you about that because I'm getting married and I want you to feel comfortable. And if you have fears that you want to talk to me about, then we can do that. But at the end of the day, like this is my choice and my life, but I love you. So let's talk about it. Plus, I also really didn't like the way that you brought it up to me because I wish you would have come to me with a specific scenario or a specific um, problem or fear so that we could talk about it together. You know, I think for something as big as I don't think you should marry this person, you need to take a moment to like, I'm just speaking on your mom's behalf. Like she definitely, and this is why therapy is so good because like when you deal with a situation where you need to either confront someone or keep it to yourself, like you can work through this in therapy and say like, oh, you know, my daughter wants to marry somebody that I don't really care too much about. How do I deal with that? And there's like definite like tools and ways that you should go about that, which is like, you know, taking a moment to think about when would be the right time, how would be the right time, um, if it's even worth it because the relationship you have with your daughter is more important and she could potentially cause more like animosity between the two of you if she's just deciding to not be supportive and not really giving an explanation as to why. So I think that on both sides, there needs to be more conversation. Yeah. And it's going to be an awkward, difficult, uncomfortable conversation for sure. And unfortunately, there's really no way around that. Mm -hmm. This seems like a conversation that has to happen. It seems like it will be one that will be uncomfortable, but it's necessary. And also though, you know, like we said, it seems like very similar to the last the last question as well, where it's like dealing with marriage, the person that you love, that you feel is the right person for you. And then all of a sudden parents kind of getting in the way and um, trying to assert their opinions and sway your, your choice. And it's just a challenging thing because it's quite common. It happens a lot. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not their decision. It's your decision. And, you know, talking to, talking to parents and asserting yourself as an individual, 
and as an adult can be a scary situation. Um, and that doesn't change the fact that at times it's absolutely fundamentally important to do. Necessary. Yeah. So it is the first step also to showing your parents that you get to make the decisions from here on out. And that's a big step. Like obviously by the time, most of the time, by the time you get married, you've been an adult for a while and you've been making your own life decisions for a while now. The, the practice of, of marriage really like shoots you into the direction of like, okay, we're adults now. I remember when Alex and I got married, we were like, whoa, we're like really adults now. It feels like very, this is very adulting. (laughs) And, um, there's something about it that, that really does give you that, that energy. And so I think that you should start feeling that now, right? Like as a fiance, as someone who is going to be married on October 7th, like you're already there, you know, like, and if you know, this is right in your heart, you, you have no reason to look back at all because this is your choice. It's your decision and your husband's. And I personally wish you guys the absolute best of luck. And I think it'll be beautiful. And even if you decide not even to have the conversation with them, because you're right around the corner from the wedding, just remember that like, on the day, just kind of like our in our last discussion, on the day it's about you two. This is about you two creating your future family, your foundation of love, and the first day of the rest of your lives together. And that is what matters. Build it, build it on your intentions. Set your intentions of like good, solid energy on that day and move through it with love with love just like we said you know on the last piece of advice so good luck and here we go here's the next one hi there alex and carrie and lanka oh lanka got a shout out i'm a longtime follower and admirer of both of your work thank you and a topic i would really love to see you tackle is advice on how to handle both conversations and anxieties when you're surrounded by difficult slash different people this person has asked if we can keep their details and uh, location broad. So for context, they live in Australia and their family lives pretty far away. For big milestones and every Christmas, we travel to see them for at least two weeks, which is tough because we're such homebodies. But the hardest part is they have very, and that's capitalized, different perspectives, beliefs, and values to us. We prefer slow living, trying to be more sustainable, enjoying the moment, and absorbing knowledge. They're very fast-paced, materialistic, and focused on talking about other people, status, or money. We always seem to clash, and I honestly have the worst anxiety when I'm around them because I constantly feel judged, ridiculed, and viewed as the black sheep. I guess I'm just looking for tips on how to deal with people you naturally clash with. All the very best with your NZ Homestead renovations. Cheers. Is this the in-law episode? It seems like it is. (laughs) You know, um, dealing with people who we chafe with is one of the most difficult and important skills you can develop in life. And it is not easy. That's such a true statement. It takes all of your being to not get dragged into the circus. And sometimes it can be a double-edged sword because 
it sounds like you and your husband are lovely. And I am sure that within that loveliness, you want to be fully accepting of others and their passions and desires and characters. And so I'm sure there's sort of this, I don't, like I clash with these people, but I also love them because they're family. We have to be able to, especially in a situation like yours, um, we have to be able to navigate these situations without being drawn into these emotional traps. And unfortunately, oftentimes it sounds like people can want you. They want to drag you in. They want to bring you into the drama. They want to ruffle your feathers. And there are certain types of people out there who thrive off of that. Their energy, it's what gives them energy. There's a term out there called emotional vampires, okay? You got to be prepared for those type of people because they gain energy from taking your energy. And so I think when you're in a position like that with people that you know you're going to disagree with, who are going to try to trigger you, who are going to try to say things to mess with you, to throw you off balance, um, the most challenging thing that you can do is not get drawn in. And you'll actually start to see when you deny them that opportunity, when you deny them, when you change the narrative and when you show them that, hey, it doesn't matter what you say to me, it doesn't matter what you do, you will not get the best of me. Um, then you take the power back. Absolutely. It's hard. It's super hard. And we all, every human being in this world, I would imagine, has difficult people in their life. If you're able to navigate complicated situations emotionally, people are going to begin to see that and respect you more. Respect you more. Yeah. And I think even if people disagree with you, yeah. They like, let's say this next time you go and visit, you stick to the game plan, which is not allowing them to ruffle your feathers, not allowing them to get the best of you, not allowing yourself to be dragged into the drama. Even if you have to be like, hey, you know what? Um, oh, your dog's over there. Great. I'm going to take your dog on a walk. I'll be back. And you remove yourself from the situation, you know, get some air, recenter, calm yourself and come back in later. When you successfully navigate the minefield of this uh, interfamilial vacation, let's call it, uh, the next time you go back, they are going to actually respect you more. And it might be begrudging respect. But they will. But they have no choice because you made the decision to take the high road. Deep diving into emotional intelligence is really great here. This is something that Alex and I have worked on so much over our entire relationship. And still working and on. And we're still working on so much. Is like being the person that controls their reactions. Being able to have control of the way that you react to scenarios just like the one you're speaking of you are 
in control of how you respond and how you handle anything that happens within those two weeks a year. But also remember that it is only two weeks a year. I think all that's important to remember because when you live far away from your family, as we do, it's good to make the most of, like when we went back home, we made sure our mindset and our intentions were to go into that with love. We want, we were so excited to see family because we're there for such a short amount of time. And when you're only able to see family for such a short amount of time, whether they're difficult or not, it's so important to go into it with the intention of we are going to move through all of this with love. We want to bring as much good intention and um, our best selves, our best selves, and quality time and words of affirmation. All of the lung, love languages covered within your family because because it is a short amount of time. You have the ability to keep that mindset as opposed to if you're seeing your family every day all year long. It's harder to go in with all of those attention intentions every time that you see them but the the beautiful thing of living further away from your family obviously there's pros and cons to it but some of the pro is that situation that like you can really make the best of your time with them when you see it now if it doesn't pan out exactly how you wish it would with all the good intentions at the end of the day you know that you went in with the right intentions you know that you went with love and at the end of the day that when you get back on that flight and you fly back home, you're going to be able to say, you know what? I did my best. I did my best to keep the peace. All we can do is bring our best selves to, to the table and try our best to navigate it and not get dragged into the drama. And it is the defining challenge of being a human being like legitimately dog, like Lanka doesn't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it is, it is what it is. And so, yeah, best of luck. Great question. Thank you so much for all of these wonderful questions. I had so much fun answering them. If you guys would like to send in some questions for us to answer, you can do so at soulsugarpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to remain anonymous. Although I think we're just going to keep it anonymous across the board, unless you want us to. Unless you want that shout out. Unless you want that shout out. You can find me at Carrie Rad pretty much everywhere. Where can they find you, Alex? Alexander Ailing, A-Y-L-I-N-G, on YouTube and Instagram. On Instagram, it's Alexander.Ailing. And we've got to get you that time I mean, out of the I way. Know, I, I messaged the guy. He's just like not even using his account. <laughs> it's sad. That's mm. how it works. Um, anyways, but thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you soon in an all-new episode of Soul Sugar Podcast. Be well, people. Like sugar for for your soul. soul. (laughs) Bye. Ciao.